Hi guys, I'm James. And I'm Chloe, and you're listening to This Is What We Know. And today we are talking about recovery, mm. um, so sports recovery. Um, I think we need to f- go straight in and say we're not... Experts. Experts <laughs> in or any healthcare way. Or healthcare professionals. Uh, so if you ha- do have a sports injury, go and see someone. Yeah. Uh, this is more about your like day-to-day yeah. coping when you have a high training volume, hmm. which I-, I say we both do. Yes. Um... Get a lot of um, doms, don't you? And like sort of soreness. Yeah, exactly. it isn't necessarily an injury, but could preclude Just an injury. Like fatigue. Yeah, if you yeah. let it get up, like out of control, and also could negatively impact your training, the rest of your training. Mm-hmm. If you're not recovering well and quickly, yeah. that limits the amount of training you're able to do. Yeah. Um. So I've very quickly written a list of some options. They're not in any order whatsoever. No. Um. They're just in the order they occurred to me. Um, so this isn't like a best to worst or no. worst to best kind of a situation. This is just um, what what came into my head yeah, when I yeah, quickly no. tried to write a list <laughs> of recovery options. Uh, and the first one, and to me actually I would say this is the most important oh, one. Yeah, I would agree. Is taking rest days and periods of lighter training. Mm. Yeah. Um, so if we, if we sort of break that, like, let's discuss sort of rest days first. Yeah, okay, yeah. What is a rest day? To my mind, a rest day is not necessarily a day where you just do nothing. Though, I feel like those are necessary at some point. Yeah, those are great. There's (laughs) nothing wrong with those at all. Because I don't think, nowadays at least, anyone really takes a proper rest day anymore. No. You know, you're always doing stuff. Yeah, unless you're somebody who's fortunate enough to not have to go to work or have other commitments. It's very difficult to take a proper Hmm. rest day. Because I think a lot of time we, we sort of forget, don't we, that work is still using stuff yeah it's still stressful yeah. still using mental mm. energy mm. effectively um, and so you... so on my rest days yeah i still go to work mm. um and do stuff like that i quite often will do a little stretching session yes which is something that we're covering on later like yeah, we'll yeah. Talk, we're gonna talk about that <laughs> um i might even do a sort of very light active recovery yes kind of session i find that actually benefits me i find if i completely do nothing mm. I'm quite often very stiff the day yeah, after, no, which sense. I guess is partly recovery and is probably good. Yeah, but I think so. You need to find that balance of pure rest days where you yes. genuinely do nothing. Yeah, like, and like I probably have one day. of those once a month. I would say. Yeah, I think it's very difficult to actually have a full rest day. Yeah, because you just have too much stuff going on, don't you? In, yeah, and there's always like life. if I'm trying to lay down on the sofa and relax, I'm always like, oh, I need to clean yeah. the kitchen. Oh, I've got this thing that I need Ooh. to do. <laughs> it never ends up being a rest day, no. but I do try to have a proper yeah. rest day occasionally, and then every I do have at least one, sometimes two, rest days or lighter training yeah. days yeah. a week. Yeah. Okay then. Uh, I suppose then we should talk about maybe rest periods. Yes. So I am a firm believer in taking a month to six weeks every year off training. Mm. And that doesn't mean that you're doing nothing necessarily, unless that works for you and that's what you Mm -hmm. want to do. But you want to be doing only what is fun, you know, as it occurs to you. Don't plan anything. Just do what's what's fun and what you enjoy. And I think actually for me, this is more of a mental break mm. than a physical one although obviously yes. the physical side is good and i do always take two weeks every year completely out of the pool yes yeah um and i usually go and get a tattoo which is <laughs> stay out of the pool for two weeks yeah, it gives you an excuse doesn't yeah. it um because otherwise i'm like oh i could really go for a swim <laughs> um so so for those of you that don't know you're not supposed to go in you're not supposed to soak a new tattoo for the first <laughs> couple of weeks no um so that's normally how i achieve a non-swimming period. Um, how about you? Do you take... Um, a... I would say I take rest days. I wouldn't say I take rest periods, but that's just because mm. I don't really have the opportunity to do so. Yeah. And I think you, I structure my training yeah, mine over the year. is less structured. Yeah. But that's just because I don't really have the chance. And obviously I'm not training for a particular thing. You're not training for like an event. No, so no. I normally have an event every year yes, that I'm training yeah. for. So I will go around, peek at my event then take my yes. six weeks off yes. and then start again for next year's event yes. effectively. Yeah. whereas because you're more continuously training you're not really aiming at an event no um, you don't... I think it's important to take lighter time like yes. have, like even if you don't take a full rest period yeah like I try to I try to have at least a day off a week right now yes um, when I'm fully working it's a bit more difficult 
and it usually ends up being the day before I, um, well, the day after I finish my night shifts is like basically I just sleep all day. Yeah. And um, yeah, just try to recover as much as possible. Um, what you've sort of what you've just said has actually reminded me of something mm. that's not on the list, okay. which I've just put on the list, mm. which kind of ties into this I, a bit. Mm. I think is cross training. So, yes. for example, you might. You know, if you're training to to improve your squat, for example, yes. you're not squatting every day. No, because you're going to fatigue your um, central nervous system and exactly. probably make yourself like quite ill. Exactly. So I think that almost ties into this, where you rest. You know, a certain although you might still be doing other training, yes. you're resting the specific body part that you're you're aiming yes. at. I yeah. think that's really important. And obviously, also, you know, your type of training. So yeah. if you're training for endurance. For example, yes, as I am, mm-hmm. you might do some sprints instead, and not yes. just doing yes. endur- purely endurance training because you're more likely to plateau and hit yeah. that sort of wall, aren't you? Yeah, I guess we're, we're sort of going a little we're bit a off little bit of a tangent recovery there. here, but, but that is actually very important yeah. to. But it can also mix it, it up. can recover you in a different way. Like, well, yes. you're not a- you're not actually having a recovery system. You're um, taking time away from that form of training. Yes. To recover that form doing of training. a different yeah. yeah. Yeah, or, just a, or a form of cross-training, I guess. Because I, I do find that if you just train in one specific way, you almost become fatigued from that type of training. Yes, and mentally fatigued, yeah, I think. Yeah, you just yeah, get bored. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're doing endurance, because I think that's a more like becomes a bit more of a mental game. Like, there is yes. obviously a large degree of physical fitness, mm-hmm. but once you have that degree of like physical fitness, it's more mental, isn't it? Like, yeah, I'd say so. Can I get, like, in your case, can mm-hmm. I get in the pool, or can I swim outside for six hours all the time? No, because eventually your brain's going to be like, this, this is the most boring, boring. thing. Um, some people probably can. Yeah. It probably depends a bit on your personality. Um, but this is, we've, we've strayed quite far yeah. from recovery. But I think we've sort of covered rest days yes, and, and rest periods, periods yeah. quite well. Hmm. Uh, I think this is something that everyone should be doing, to be yeah. honest. Some of these things I think are, that we're going to talk about are maybe a little bit more personal preference. But I think yes. rest days and rest periods and lighter periods of training oh, are absolutely Basically essential, vital. aren't they, really? They are an essential. Yeah. That's actually when your body is getting yes. fitter. Yeah, I think that's that's something that a lot of people uh, like they don't realise. Yeah, so when you're training, when you're at the gym mm. or in the pool or running on the road or whatever you do, when you're doing that exercise, you are actually making yourself less fit. Yeah, you're, you're damaging. You're your damaging muscles. your body. Yeah, and it's when you're resting mm. that your body gets heals itself, and that's what makes you fitter. So if you're not having enough rest time, you will not get fitter. No, you'll no. just get injured. Yeah. and exhausted yeah. and unfit basically yes. yeah like you um, might see some initial like yeah initially gains, you definitely see some improvements but yeah that's why it's very important to change up your training just for that uh, recovery from yeah. what you were doing exactly okay um, so, so I think I think we've covered that probably more yeah. comprehensively <laughs> than we needed to yeah so um, let's go on to so I suppose we could call that like sort of personal items I suppose personal really. items that yeah. sounds very yeah <laughs> that you um, <laughs> that you would use so you have like your massage gun your foam roller yeah um, and active stre- like stretching you know yes. you're sort of actual stretching yourself yes so should we start with stretching because I yeah. feel like that's um, something that most people can kind of do pretty yeah. un yeah you don't need anything like no. you just need some space and even then yeah if you if you stood, you can do it standing. You can do it standing. Yeah, and there's loads of guides. You, know, you yeah. go on YouTube and watch people stretch. Yes, if that's your thing. <laughs> um, no. but I I actually heard this is interesting. Go on. I don't know if this is true, mm-hmm. um, but I heard that if you're doing very intense training, yes, you're better to not stretch immediately after and then do a separate yes. stretching session I later. Have heard this as well. Yeah, because I think it's because, because you're you've, overuse, you're yeah. overstretching the muscles. So so you've been yeah, so you've worked your muscles so hard yeah. and obviously when you train your muscles tear mm. and if you then stretch them, yeah, you can you're then them. Te- effectively tearing them further. So yeah. you need to let them heal and yes. then go and stretch. Yeah. Um, which is a bit annoying time. Yeah, I've heard a thing similar to that. Sli- yeah. in a slightly different manner, but yes, I think that's yeah. that's very much true. Um yeah, I have not yeah I well, if you if you think it's true, I, th- it I think might, it well, is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, I think it might not be quite in that like as linear yeah. as that, but I think there is definitely some because obviously the, the your old idiom is that you should stretch after you have a session. Yes, and I think that is true. But if you were doing a very hard session on a very yeah. like say if you're uh, maybe like a powerlifter or a weightlifter of some kind, yeah. and you do chest and you do yeah. a very hard purely a chest session because you're because maybe you're training for your bench and that's yeah. that you know you're doing yeah. a competition. And that is what you, you know, your competition piece is your bench. Mm-hmm. Then 
doing some chest stretching afterwards might not be the best way to go about yeah. it. You'd almost be better maybe to leave it and then do it on your yeah, the next yeah, day, on your rest yeah, day, yeah. then do your chest stretching. Yes. Obviously warm yourself up properly. Yeah, yeah. Don't just go right in and like, no. start stretching. <laughs> um, proper warm up, that's important. Yes. Um, I think stretching is something that there's definitely kind of a right way and a wrong way to do it, I believe. Yeah. Um, obviously to can some be. extent. If you're just doing like, I guess, kind of minor stretching, mm. it's quite difficult to do wrong. I think if you when you're yeah. going into more deep stretching, more of a kind of yoga type of a situation. Yeah, you um, can obviously overdo yeah. it. Yeah, so go really slowly. Mm. If things hurt, stop. Yeah, That's immediately so stop. That's so important, yeah. And then if it still keeps hurting, yeah. consult a medical professional. And also I think something that's really difficult for me actually, like when I'm doing things with you, is you're yeah. very flexible. Yeah, weirdly and flexible. You're, well, you're like double jointed, you're very flexible. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not flexible. So if we're doing like a yoga session together or we're stretching mm. together, which we do sometimes, I have to really force myself to try not to compete with you. Yes. Okay. On the basis that, you know, I'm a reasonably fit person. I yeah. should be able to, you know, get my leg flat on the floor when I've got it like, sticking <laughs> out in this angle or, you know, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that's something to point out is just stretch to your body. Yes. Yeah. It's it, Yeah. <laughs> just like with any train, really. It's yeah. not a competition. It's not a competition. Or in the sense of it's more you against you. Yeah, exactly. So if you're slightly more flexible than you were the last week... Yeah, that's then, right, that's that. Yeah. But you can't compete, you know, I'm not no. going to be as flexible as you if no. we never, if neither of us did any training yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. And from, unlike the negatives of being too flexible, mm. it can mean that I overextend the muscle, like yes. my muscles, which, they're, they're, like, I've been talking to my physio to some extent and that's what we... What may have, think happened like what possibly as a part of what caused the injury yeah yeah I'm so it, yeah so it's important to think that while it seems like it could be you know all wins yeah they do. <laughs> yeah there is a point and this is something you can actually have with swimming actually yeah. um if you are too flexible in your shoulders yes you can cause you you can you're more likely to get some shoulder injuries yes and this is obviously this is mm. you need to be flexible in your shoulders yes you need to be mm-hmm. um, to prevent injuries. But if you mm-hmm. go too far with this, you can effectively overstretch when you're swimming yeah. and cause yourself further injuries. So you mm-hmm. want to stretch to the point that works for your body. Yes. Being super, super flexible is not necessarily a huge benefit for every activity. No. Yeah, it depends on what you're doing. Again, exactly. similar to like weightlifting. Yeah. Um, I know from speaking to various people who do compete yeah. um, that if you are too flexible, yeah. you don't have the drive. Because exactly. you need that elastic tension. Yeah. Like, say, again, with exactly bench right. press, yeah, yeah. as an example, when you're driving the bar off your chest, if you don't have that elastic tension there, yeah. you're just going to sit there with the bar on your chest and yeah, not be able to move. Gonna, yeah, no. exactly. And that um, can be, obviously, that can be a, a deficit yeah. of being too flexible. So being too flexible can potentially mean you have less power, yeah. Yeah. effectively, yeah. because you don't have that sort of, sort of like a coiled spring kind of tightness. Yes. Um, obviously... Your body, your activity, yeah. do what feels right for you, yeah. what makes you comfortable. You know, if you've got a coach or something like that, yeah. talk to them about how much stretching you should be doing. And they should be very experienced. Yeah, exactly. To be able to and they'll be able you. to tell you for your specific activity yes. what is the right and the best thing to do. Because being a yogi level flexible yeah. might not be very good if you're, obviously in your case, a, a, a swimmer. swimmer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I don't want my shoulders and my arms effectively to go too far back. No. Yeah. Because that's how you end up with shoulder injuries. Yes. Um, I think we've, I think we've, we've yeah, again, covered. fairly comprehensively covered stretching. <laughs> um, and now we're going on to oh, my my favourite, my baby, the foam roller. Oh, I love it. I love I, it so much. I have mixed feelings about the foam roller. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very good, but I think it... Yeah. It, it takes quite a lot of mental discipline if you're yeah. very tight, yes. because it can be very painful. Yeah. But what I love about the foam roller is I foam roll my lats. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously when I'm swimming a lot get very tight and if I foam rolled one lat and then I can put both my arms above my head I can feel how much looser that lat is compared Mm. to the other and then obviously I do the other one and even up obviously always do both sides Um, and I think that for me was really eye-opening about Mm. actually how effective foam rolling is I struggle with the foam roller to some extent because I find that it doesn't quite target the muscle group sometimes for me as yes. well as possible. I think it does depend what you're um, using, what muscles you're trying yeah. to. Like I find that I have to like really focus on trying to find the right position. Yes. And then it's like, uh, <laughs> a little bit in my brain, I'm like, is this working? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I'm, as, as we've obviously just said, that I'm quite mobile. Yeah. It can be quite difficult 
to get that level of stretch needed. Yes. But then if I use another type of like stretching tool or like you know uh, mobility tool, like I'll, the um like the little foam ball. We yeah, use. yeah, I'll get like, a massive response. Yeah. So I think it is very important to find again find what works for you. Yes. And like the ball, the little foam ball up against the wall yeah. or a door or something like mm. that can be really really good um for like hips. And yes. Oh, back, very much so. Bums. Mm. Um, I do it on my chest when yeah. I've been doing a lot of swimming, which is so painful, but so <laughs> amazingly good. Like, I can't even. And what I really want to try, okay. and I'm sort of thinking I might ask for for my birthday from yep. my dad, is um, one of those vibrating foam rollers. Okay, they do look interesting, don't yeah, they? Yeah, I really want mm. to try one. I mean, I don't know if they might be It might be a bit of a fad, maybe, painful, or something. Yeah, or, or, yeah, but I feel too like, painful. I mean, I'd love to give it a go. Yeah, they do, they do seem like a really good idea in theory. Yeah. Because you're getting like the sort of the best of both worlds. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're really locking onto that muscle group that might be quite tight, and then giving it a bit of a yeah, a bit of a vibration yeah. and a bit of a. So if you're not initially getting like the response as mm. like as, as I've obviously just said that I sort of come sometimes struggle with, I having that little bit of vibration might really like target yeah. the muscle group better. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think um, there is some. So that's something I really want to yeah, try. It is. It does seem really tempting. But, doesn't yeah, it? personally, I get a lot of benefit from the foam roller, yeah. and um, I'm very because t- I walked on my toes mm. my whole childhood. My my calves on the back of my legs are very tight. Yes. Um. So getting those on the foam roller, mm. that really helps me with that as yeah. well. Um. So I think, and actually, what we're talking about vibration kind of leads quite well into the the massage gun. Yes. Oh, the... We have one of these. We have a pulse roll. Is uh, that like the brand? Yes. <laughs> um. And we've got the mini. So they do a really big. Yeah, very large one with loads one. of different like heads. attachments. Yeah, we have different speeds. The little tiny like mani- mini handheld yeah. one that it's got four different like. Yeah. I feel like we're advertising this now. <laughs> but I think we should. It, no, I no, think it's, it's, really it's a really good tool. Uh, I, think, I think it was about hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah, Something it was like a lot cheaper than the, the yeah than the yeah. Um, the larger one was. Yeah, and it gives you you have four heads, so you have. Kind of the round one, the flat yeah. one, the pointy one, yeah. and the like double pointy one. Yes, yeah, all all sort of for different levels of yeah, like depending on where, where you're pointing, of, possibly yeah, and different types of um like intensity. In, yeah, exactly. Yeah. and it has four it has four Settings. levels of yeah. yeah intensity. Yeah, and we get a hell of a lot of use out of this. Oh yeah, it's really good. Yeah, like because I I personally find that really really good to target the muscle group. Yeah. Like, there isn't a lot. I don't think there's a lot of research about like. The, I think the there's guns, some. I don't but, think there's yeah. a huge amount. But I think it can actually be a very good, like a really, really good tool. What I especially if, believe they do, yeah. and I'm not convinced. But what I believe they do is encourage blood flow to the area. That's what I was going to say. It can be very um, good when you're already warm. Maybe yes. if you are post exercise, yeah, and you don't want to do a stretching session because yeah. it might disrupt. Mm. Like what you're doing, yeah. The theragun can be very good for, for good getting blood flow to the area, reducing the lactic acid, and like getting rid of all the yeah. like you know. The different, I've like, actually never up. used it in that way. I always use it cold, effectively. Yeah, obviously um, that's because yeah, usually, which is obviously because yeah. like, taking it to the pool is a little <laughs> inconvenient. But I'm just interested. Have you actually tried um, using it immediately I after? Have yeah for a couple of times. Yeah, and yeah. that works well. Yeah, I find it's got, and I know a, a good few people who use it. Yeah, in like, that way. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I will say that's a bit of a downside of this is if you're on your own, for me, I can't get like the backs of my shoulders and things yes, like that, which there are quite are areas difficult body parts that... that I also can't really get the foam roller mm. on either. Which can um, be a benefit actually of the foam roller itself, folks. Obviously, you can yeah. just lie on it. There are kind of ways you can do it with yeah. the foam roller and the ball, and we've yes. got like a mini foam roller as well, so you can kind of you're a bit like a bear rubbing <laughs> itself on a tree. You kind of make yeah. it work. <laughs> Whereas with the, with the massage gun, getting that right angle on yourself can be yes. really tricky. Obviously, if you have someone else to do it for you, then mm. problem solved. Happy days. Um, but yeah, I really rate the massage gun. I think, I it's, think really good. it's really useful. I, I think it's it's kind of very it's quite hard to do, like actually state how useful it actually is. Yeah, but it is very useful. I and mean, we get so much use out of it. I mm. use it all the time. I use it on my hands sometimes, yes. which feels amazing because mm. your hands get so stiff. Yeah. Oh, especially yeah. Obviously, because. But before I was injured, obviously, we, I was doing a lot of climbing. Yeah, um, and exactly. Can, and it, it like was hands and forearms. Got a godsend, really wasn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. And really good after I've been swimming on like my chest and my shoulders, because mm. I get pretty tight. Like I don't really know yeah. what muscle it is, but like on the top of my shoulders here. Do you know what yes. that is? Yes, uh, that'd be like sort of around your lateral delts, Lloyd. Okay. Um, well, like whatever it is, it gets, <laughs> it gets painful. <laughs> yeah. um, um, and obviously, because I've currently got a, a calf injury. Yeah. Uh, using it on like the safer areas I can yeah. yeah um under the recommendation of your yes. physio yes. please don't I just try it avoid using it at all 
for a yeah. very, very long part of my injury process. Yeah. And then once I was cleared by my physio, then so, I started yeah, using yeah. it um, on the areas that she said to use it on. Obviously, yeah. like, avoiding any areas that, like, even, you know, like, until you're cleared, don't, like... Yeah, yeah talk don't. to... If you've got an injury, talk to a professional. Yeah, Don't, yeah. you know... Always. Don't yeah. just try and massage gun it. Because, you know, you can read all you want from the internet, but everyone's different. Exactly. And this is something to remember. And you don't necessarily know precisely what you've done. No, yeah, until... Unless you know, like you've with got, your injury. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've been told it's, it's several different things at points. Mm. We're, we're treating off it being, like, a calf strain. Yeah. But, but like, so effectively hair. a calf tear. Um, but it could be like a tendon rupture. It could be all sorts of different things in the same area. Yeah, exactly. But um, you, a professional really needs to diagnose. Yes. Yeah. Um, so while we're on the topic of I guess personal <laughs> items, yep. Um, before we then head into more professional mm. things, um, compression clothing. Have I think you... it could be very useful. I have How used. Much Socks, um, which I think are really useful. Yes. Obviously, runners use them a lot as well. Yes, and these are things that you can use while you're doing your training sometimes. Yes, yes. To almost give you that recovery boost I know that lifters, like yes. weightlifters, use them. They they use them in a different way. Mm. So, like, they use them to continue the tension. Yeah. So they have, like, weight, they call like weightlifting suits. with the stretching. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They use them, like, they call them, like, weightlifting suits, effectively. Yeah. And it's a very tight material that you effectively almost have to get sealed into, <laughs> which it, it's a bit of an image. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, uh, you do your lift. Yeah. This is more powerlifting talking. Um, yeah, you do your lift, and then once you've done your lift, you you know, you, re- you re-rack the weight, yeah. and then you get up, and then they release you from your seat, basically. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of... That tightness gives yes. you a bit more tension. Yeah, and it, it makes you generate more power than you might have yeah. already been able to generate like initially. Yeah, and I guess the point of compression clothing is similar to massage gun is bringing more blood flow yes. to the area. Yeah. Yeah. And I have um, I have the calf like yeah. tubes. Yeah, I have a pair of compression leggings. Yep. I have a long sleeve compression top. Yes, and I also have compression sleeves. sleeves. Yeah, um, so I've got all the gear. And <laughs> um, I will say. I don't find these for me hugely helpful. I think they have their place. I think they absolutely have their place. I use them, hmm. but I I feel like the difference they make, you know, for me they're good because I am doing so much training. Yes, and I really want my recovery to be absolutely on point. Yeah, I was going to say so they're yeah. good for me yeah. for that. But I feel like if I was not training quite as hard and I had to drop one of these things that we've mentioned, yeah, it would be this. Yeah, yeah. this for me gives me the least. I think benefit. they can possibly be more better used in in the actual event during the yes because i know obviously um compression socks can like long compression socks can be yeah. used to prevent or like at least assist with shin splints yes again obviously in my case i might have to start running when i, when I eventually hopefully start yeah. running again for a bit of support for support yeah and to you know help the blood flow yeah. and circulation while you're training mm. and it might be better to use maybe well if i'm going for a, um, a pb yeah the next time on what i what i did it on yeah uh maybe to wear them during the event yes yeah like, no, i absolutely think so to uh, like try to like give it a bit of extra protection yeah. even if i just wear it on the one but i probably i probably wear it on both to be honest just nice, yeah <laughs> just on, just from keep a fashion you sense even. <laughs> keep you, keep you even. yeah 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 um yeah, I think the, the key with compression clothing, I would say, is to make sure it fits you correctly. Oh, yeah. So it needs to be not so tight that it's uncomfortable, but not far off. Yes. You if know? you're going to buy something, I would recommend maybe buying a like compressed sleeve first. Yes. Just so you can then tell um, what is underneath. Like, if you're getting the correct amount of blood flow to you, yeah, like exactly. the limb. You re- all you really don't want is to be cutting off your blood flow. No, yeah. So if you notice any sort of colour change... Yeah. in your limb that's why I'm saying like get a compression yeah. sleeve any numbness any tingling yeah. anything like yes. that that's really not good that's not what it's there no, for no no and if, um, if it take it off yeah. if it still continues make sure you contact a professional yeah, like exactly. you know, if, if it starts to feel like a completely different change mm-hmm. you might be experiencing some sort of other medical condition yeah and so you should like contact yeah. you know either a doctor or some sort of medical professional to, yeah exactly yeah. Um, but yeah so compression clothing's it has its place. Yeah, it has its place. Obviously, probably more expensive yes. than the foam roller and the stretching. Not as expensive as a massage gun. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> and obviously, you can go pretty much as hard as you want with compression clothing. There's yeah. all sorts of options. Yes, yeah. Um, I think I think there's some benefit. I don't think they're hugely, hugely useful for me. No. Um, cool. Can I we... think, <laughs> on a slightly um, 
They, they're not quite as flattering, maybe, as some other items. Oh, I think my leggings are quite hot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, so shall we move on and talk about hot and cold therapy? Yes. So this is your ice baths, your heat yep. packs, your, your icing. Yes. Um, Obviously, we know from watching various people that some people swear by it. It really works for some people. Yeah. This Other is people, not one for me. Uh, meh. <laughs> I don't find this hugely helpful I unless unless you have an actual injury. That again, you under physio, do violence. a lot of effectively cold bath what, what, training because I'm, I'm doing my activity in cold yes. water. Effectively. So I wonder if maybe there is a slight like sort of unconscious bias Actually, there. Actually, something I found last year when I was doing my cold water swimming. Yeah. I had some sort of an injury, and I can't remember what it was. It might have been a shoulder injury. Okay. It wasn't a massive one. It was just a niggle. No, yeah, yeah. Um, from being in the pool so much. Yeah. And I did find that when I was going and doing cold water swimming once or twice a week and properly icing it, yes. and I'm talking, you know, half an hour yeah. in 10 degree water kind of a situation. Yes. Please don't try that at home without acclimatization. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is achievable, but you need to train for that. Yeah. Um, but I did find that was quite helpful with mm. that niggly little like strain that yes, I had. Yeah. I have had some reasonable like, you know, sort of experience of using it for like injuries. Mm. I've had like niggles in the past and I've gone and done a little dipping little, in the yes. yeah, in the in the cold um, water. I think if you've been on a hard run and you luckily enough to live near the like sea the or sea. the cold water, yeah. just going waist deep in the water can oh. be just feel amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um obviously again, build up to it. I as just part of being with Chloe, <laughs> end up doing a lot of cold water based stuff. Yes. So I'm probably more acclimatised than the yeah. average person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so be sensible, be careful. If you can't yes. swim, don't go in open water, etc., yeah. etc. Et I feel like we should maybe mention as part of like the ice and heat. Yes. Ice packs. Yes. Yes. And heat packs. I also think, on the other side for the my side mind, there. these are things that are for injuries. Yes. I don't find them that effective for recovery if you see what no. I mean which is a slightly I, different yeah I will say that they can be used obviously if you get maybe a little bit of swelling or something as part of your training yes or something that I would call like a niggle which yeah. is like not a proper injury and if you get a proper injury stop. go and see someone yeah. stop training go and see someone yeah. but if you get one of these little like niggly like achy yes. little things that you're like you know it will probably go away in a day or two or like you might even know it does go away yeah, like, exactly. you know, but like and obviously you will you do need to rest that yeah um, but something that can help is some ice packs mm. um, to get down inflammation. Yes. Um, if it if it is inflamed, so mm. you need to be quite careful about diagnosing. Yes. And making sure you're using the right therapy, mm. which again is why I, th- I believe you should see a professional. Yes. Even for a little niggly thing, yeah. if you can. Um, I think then we should go on to maybe heat. Heat for me is a little better. Yeah, I think heat makes a bit more sense. Yeah. So obviously, cold is constricting. Yes. Heat is like um, a vasodilation, yeah. like basically. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So obviously, you're encouraging the blood flow to an area by heating the area. Exactly. Um, so I think heat can be useful if you've got I think a specific tight muscle. So I get quite tra- tight traps. Yes. And I find um, putting, like, I've got like one of those microwavable mm. tube things, and putting that just kind of over my shoulders can just feel lovely and maybe make them make them feel a little looser i don't yeah. know if it actually if they actually are any looser no um but i i think that that is that feels amazing yeah and um, certainly isn't doing any harm no and i think obviously everyone can enjoy having like a hot bath oh, good, or, good bath or going to a nice sauna which yeah. is always good which is obviously it's heat i i think it can be very very nice for recovery yeah even if even just mentally it feels good relaxing yeah Yeah. like even if even if physically it's not actually doing as much like i think it cannot be understated the mental impact of having like you know a nice warm bath yeah and you do need to take care of your when you're training very hard you do need to take care of your mental state because it's very draining yeah and i think Um, you know your performance can is actively tied to your mental state to some extent oh absolutely yeah like, yeah, 80% physical. You can have mental. all the fitness in the world, but if you're mentally not there, then you could fail. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. So I think, yeah, taking care of that side of yourself, not letting yourself get too stressed, yeah. and things like a nice warm bath, mm. really relaxing. Obviously, it doesn't help with the fundamental causes of stress. No. But can just feel lovely and really relaxing yeah. in that moment. Yeah. So, I, I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan of a bath. Yes. Um, not that I have them very often. <laughs> okay. Uh, what should we so, go to next then? Should we talk about 
going to see a professional. Okay, yeah, let's, let's, let's go into that. Um, so, this can take m- many different forms. Yes, so there's obviously people that specialise in all kinds of different therapies. Mm. It could even, to some extent, be seeing a coach to give you yes. like a lighter bit of training. Or to help you write your training yeah. programme and write some rest periods yes. or, or some stretching periods into yeah. your training programme. Yeah, definitely. That, mm. That's something that can really help, I think. Yeah. Um, I go once a month to see a... I guess you call her a sports therapist. I don't really know what she um. I don't say what she identifies as. Um, <laughs> I, know what you you know mean. I mean. I don't really know what job role she would give herself. But I go and I get massage and I get dry needling. Yes. For acupuncture. Yeah. Which is something that I find really, really helps. Yeah. Loosen tight muscles and, like I say, actually, she uh, does some massage and some some sort of deep stretching. Mm. Um. Uh, yeah. I go once a month and that's really helpful for me. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's a bit of a luxury. Yes, yeah. And if you're maybe if you're not training as hard as I mm. am, that's not quite as necessary. Uh, I know that obviously in the past we've obviously had sports massages. Oh, I love a sports massage. Which bloody painful. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but they are very good. Oh, they're great. Great for really recovery. great for recovery, and I think for maintenance. Yes. Um, and I think if you're training hard and you are able to do so. I think investing in regular sports massage and treatments yeah, yeah. can really take you to the next level. Yeah. Don't break the bank, obviously, because no. they can be quite expensive. They can be quite expensive. And frankly, if you've got a partner that is quite good at massage, yeah. they can do probably yeah. 60% as good a job. <laughs> um, or, yeah. you know, someone in your life that you're yeah. comfort- you have that kind of a relationship yeah. with. Um, and I think, obviously, again, why not all of them? Mm-hmm. The majority of them are professionals. Yes. So They'd if have you training. have niggles as well on yeah. top of obviously your recovery, yeah. they can be quite useful to they can help you with those. They yeah. can help you identify them, and if they can direct you to the correct person to treat them, yes, if that if that's what's needed, yes. which I think that's really important. I think having a professional on board, kind of on your team, yeah, a good professional that oh, does yeah. a good job, it can really make a big difference. Oh, I think I think definitely so. Um, yeah. But unless you're extremely fortunate or wealthy, yeah. you're not seeing that person that often. No. So the other things that you can do day to day are really, really vital. You yeah. know, things we've already mentioned. Yeah, I think we, we might even at the end of this put them in like sort of an order of where, you know, like sort of because I would say the personal stuff comes first. Like you know, yes. like your own stretching would come first. And yeah, then there's no else. point going to see a professional if you're not taking the time yeah. to do some basic you know, self-care yeah. on a regular basis. And also something I think to say as well on the other side of that is if your professional tells you to take it easy... Take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> yeah, do what they tell you. Yeah. Even if it's annoying and it's not what you want to do. And, like, it might not seem right in, yeah. in your own head. You're like, oh, well, I'm fine. It's like... Yeah, I feel fine. Yeah. yeah, but that's not necessarily the case. No. You know, so I think that's something that's, yeah. Listen to your professional. If you trust them, hmm. not, you should be going to someone that you trust. Yes. To, to do a good job and to know yeah. what needs to be done. So if you trust them, listen to them. Mm. And the same goes for your coach. Yeah, because if you can, if you can encourage a sort of, well, not like maybe a, a personal relationship. I think to some level a but personal like, relationship. Yeah, but, but, but know, enough relationship yeah. where you, you feel you can trust what they're saying. I think you should be, if you can, you should be going to the same person. Yes, someone definitely. Someone that you trust. Yeah, yeah. Someone that understands, that gets to know your body and the training yes. that you're doing. Yeah. And you know where you get tight hmm. and all these various things. Yeah. I think that's quite important. I think it could also help if they are an, a bit of a subject matter expert in what you're doing. Yes, I do think that's helpful. Um, so obviously you're, you're, the one you go see has some experience of obviously uh, swimming. Yeah, and... exactly. Um, yeah, if, if you can find one, obviously if you're a very niche sport. Or, yeah, it can you be know, quite difficult. It can be difficult, but talk to them about yeah. what you're doing and what muscles it uses yeah. and what gets tight, you know. You really want to have back and forth with yes, these people. I think, yeah, I think so, definitely. And I think if you do, they can be a huge asset. Yes. On your your kind of team, because even as an amateur sports person, you have what I would call a team. You know? Yeah, yeah. You have people around you yeah. that you couldn't do it without. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I don't think there are any real sports out there where you are honestly just on your own. No. I think you know even the ones where it's you doing the sport. Yeah. You still have your support crew you behind people. you. Don't yeah, you? that's what I mean. You have a yeah. team. You're never really doing it alone. No. And I think a, a good sports therapist, massage, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. whatever their title might be, I think they're a really big asset on your team. Mm. Um, okay, talk about active recovery. Okay, so what is active recovery? So active recovery, a lot of people have very different ideas what active it's, recovery it's is. It's very difficult, like, yeah. say, isn't it? My opinion of what active recovery is, is it is when you are doing either, either your activity that you do all the mm. time or some form of cross-training, mm. 
a sort of light session get everything moving mm. so you shouldn't be getting out of breath no. you should get out of for me the pool feeling better than you did when you got in i would say i would like maybe say it's maybe effectively i'm starting over with a little bit there, but, uh, <laughs> um basically a warm-up a prolonged warm-up kind of yeah. like that is your active recovery session is a prolonged warm-up yeah you, you know you do what you would maybe do for your your warm-up session yeah but just for a longer period of time my my i guess my guidelines that i will give on this that or that i use myself is that the maximum for me as an endurance athlete the maximum length of time i want my active recovery swim to be is 40 minutes yeah and about 75 percent intensity of my full yeah so you don't you're not just slugging along really lazily no 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 no, i'm not like floating (laughs) (laughs) um but i i'm moving things but i'm at a lower intensity than i might train yeah in my day-to-day so obviously if if you're your large session, you know, your really hard session is rate of perceived exertion, which yeah. some people might know what it is, um, is maybe like an RPE 8 to 9. Mm-hmm. Then a sort of active recovery session would be maybe an RPE 4, four maybe 3, five. yeah, 3, maybe yeah. around like 3 to 5. Yeah. Depends yeah, what you're training for. Yeah, obviously like, this depends usually yeah. what you're doing. And obviously, like, you have to remember that it has to be easy. You need to be, you can, if you are getting out fatigued... Or, or finishing your session fatigued, you've done it wrong. Yeah, you've done. T- you've gone too hard. Yeah, like it's a very fine line, and I think it's a very personal line. Yes, I think you. This is something you need to know your body well enough. And hubris pays a yes. big thing into this. Yeah, I think. Oh yeah, you, and trying to race people. In yeah, the yeah. You, you are as fit as you are, but mm. it's important to remember that this isn't about increasing your fitness. This no. is about recovery. This is about getting your and body warm and moving. You might need to suck some eggs at this point a little bit. Yeah. Like and be like, okay, this that wasn't a recovery session. Yeah. That was a training session. Then you need to be realistic. And yeah. if you have accidentally gone too hard in your active recovery yeah. session, we've all done it. Yep. We've all been there. <laughs> Pencil out one of your planned yeah. training sessions yeah. and put a recovery yeah. session in. Um I but I think these sessions actually for me, mm-hmm. I find these hugely helpful these are probably my biggest i guess my best used tool in my recovery tool well, I've, I've heard that it, you know that, um sometimes it should be about 80 percent like low state mm. stuff depending on what you're training but for. this i would say is lower state yeah 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 and then like only about 20 percent full-on real, real like a lot of effort yeah, it's a again goal. yeah like it depends on what you're training for it's yeah. very very different you know obviously in your case yeah it's quite difficult to do an active recovery swim session. What I usually do for on distance. my active recovery swim sessions is I do technique yes. training. Yeah. So I think about my stroke yeah. and particularly for me, my kick, because I yeah. have a great tendency to kick like I'm riding a bike, <laughs> um, you know, from the hip and you should, yeah. you know, no, from the knees, I mean, bending my legs or you should be kicking straight, things like that. Chloe um, did just make like a demonstration of what she meant yeah. by like, using her arms, but this is an audio medium. So. <laughs> yeah, so you don't know what I meant, but hopefully you have some understanding. Yeah, um, obviously, again with like weightlifting mm-hmm. or running, like running can be similarly equated in, in like obviously what you've said yeah. there. But with weightlifting, it would be important to maybe if you're going to do an active recovery session, you're using a very like a moderately light weight. Yes, and just focusing purely on technique form. Yeah, yeah. So you're not going to be doing like sets of 20. Yeah. You might do a similar set to what you would normally do in your working sets. But you're, only, you're going to be doing a very light weight and yeah. just focusing really slow, activate the muscle. Yes, exactly. The, the key here is you want to get warm. Yeah. You want to get everything moving, but yeah. you don't want to work anything. No, no. Yeah. And um, it's, it's quite, as I said, quite a very difficult gauge. I think it's hugely personal. I think it's something you have to experiment with. This is why mind. coaches can be very, very useful. Yes. Because they will be able to tell you Based on obviously, because they're, they're a neutral party. Yeah. Mostly. And are invested in <laughs> yeah. doing well. Yeah. And they will be able to say, that weight's too heavy. Or yeah. that weight's too this light. Isn't a recovery yeah. session, you know, you're, you're training. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Um, and I guess going, coming, sort of falling into this, but not, is cross training. Yes. Which for, I'm, we've put it under recovery. Yeah. Because it, it has a recovery <laughs> purpose. Yes, it does. But if you are cross training hard, then, you need to think of that as a training session. That's yeah, not an active recovery no. session. So, for example, if I go and do an hour spin class yeah. hard, that is training. That's mm. not a reco- an active recovery session. Yeah. But it still serves a recovery purpose. Yes. 
Um, so do you cross-train? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say, yeah, <laughs> cross-train quite a lot, to be honest. <laughs> like, obviously, because I do various different types of training in the gym. Yeah. Like, I do, I do quite a lot of cardio training mm-hmm. as well as weightlifting. Yeah. Like, I, li- I quite like to be quite a jack-of-all-trades when it comes to my actual training. Yeah. Like, I don't really want to be too strong, but sacrificing all my cardio. And the thing, I don't want to, fa- like, be really cardio fit and sacrificing all my strength. Yeah. I think it's a fine balancing, like, a fine line of balancing. Yes. Where, yeah, you are not sacrificing one thing or another. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I think from my point of view with cross-training, cross-training is great because it rests the specific mm. muscles that you're using I think for you, your specific activity. When I was running, I found it was very, very useful. Yes. Because I could go on the bike mm. and I could do a steady-state cycle. Yes. And I'd be hitting the same roughly the same muscle groups but in different ways in different ways yeah. and i could do heart rate training easier yes because i found that when i was running my heart rate would go quite high regardless mm-hmm. of what pace i was going at yeah maybe partly like anxiety based slightly sure you know like physiological factors. Yeah, yeah yeah but when i was on the bike my heart rate would happily it would go up yeah. and it would settle and as long as i wasn't kicking the ass out of the like you know how fast i was going i would happily cruise along at that pace and heart rate level for a very long time yeah. And it was a very useful conditioning tool for conditioning my heart mm-hmm. to stay at that level even yeah. while like yeah, exactly. even while training. So although you're not doing your specific sport and using your specific muscles for that specific yeah. sport, you're still building mm-hmm. kind of the everything else which because everything's interconnected. Yes. And again, for running, mm-hmm. um, you have the cardiovascular capacity. Yes. So by going and cycling or doing rowing, mm-hmm. you are working your cardiovascular capacity yes. in your lungs without using your specific yeah. running muscles yes. so you're effectively resting those. Yeah. yeah yeah i think i think cross training's oh, it's really great and really useful um and i think you should be putting your cross training sessions working them in between your normal training sessions so you're really getting this mix yeah on your body and remember that everything in your body connects you know yes. if you only train your biceps eventually yeah. you're going to get injured because you haven't trained you know, your, your shoulders and yeah, your triceps and, your shoulders, and all yeah. these other things that are yeah. connected. So I think cross-training is really quite key for preventing injuries in that yes. way. I think it also means that when you, if you are taking a recovery week, for example, yeah. you can still go and do something. Yeah, and something fun. Like yeah. we go and play racket sports yes. quite often, yeah. which doesn't really translate into f- swimming for me. No. But it's being active, getting yeah. your body doing something different, getting your heart rate up yeah. and increasing work capacity. Yes. And fun. Yeah. Mentally fun. Oh, yeah. I think that's something to say about with cross training, you should enjoy it. Oh, it should be fun. Yeah. yeah. Don't if you hate running, don't yeah. drag yourself no. around the road. No. You know, if you hate I don't know, what form of cross training. <laughs> if you hate swimming, because well, swimming yeah. is often said is yeah. a good cross training for yeah. running. But if you don't like swimming or you find swimming very difficult, don't do it. No. Yeah. If it's making if you're cross training you're finding your cross training harder than your main sport, yeah. you're doing it you th- that to, isn't right. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it should be something that you can do almost passively. Yeah. Like I think if you, you if you think it. if your your main training is your active yeah. sessions, your cross training should be your passive sessions. Even if it's just going for a walk. Yeah, oh going for a walk's great. Like that is it's effectively a form of cross training. I'm a huge fan of going for a walk <laughs> as cross training. Yeah, because you're 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 training similar muscles yeah. to what you might so do good for, for your whole body, yeah. head to toe. And your and your your respiratory system yeah. and your cardio yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. that is one of the sort of gold standard forms. A plus, of yeah, for yeah. any any activity, yeah, any activity at all. Uh, right, so we're going to move on to my last thing that I've got on my list. We'll probably we won't be going too deep into this because it's quite a no. rabbit hole that you could fall down. Yeah, it could even potentially be another podcast. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> supplements, so dietary supplements. So they are a very mixed blessing, I think. Yes, like because of the supplement industry. Oh, they will love to sell you anything. Trillions. Oh, yeah. Of pounds, dollars, whatever. And they will send you, sell you any old rubbish. If you listen to a lot of different supplement companies, Mm -hmm. uh, and frankly, some influencers as well, I will say, and they're just trying to sell their products. uh, They will tell you that you know their supplement will enable you to you know live forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, like whatever you want it to do, they'll tell you it will do it. Yeah, because they want you to buy it. Yeah. Which, you know, it makes sense because it's a business. You know, yeah, they've, yeah, got, they've got to... They've got to make money. Yeah. That's why they're yeah. doing it. They're not doing it for charity. No. Um, my but, thoughts on this is that this it needs to be your final 
So yeah. I think something to say is supplementation is exactly that. Yeah. It is a supplement to your diet, to your diet and to your training. Yes. So your training and your diet, so that's your nutrition, super key, should be packed down first yeah. before you the, really those, start looking. Yeah, at... you need to get that right. And yeah. if you're not sure, go and speak to a nutritionist. Yes. So yeah. important. Um, and find again, find what works for you, mm. and really think about the macros. I think. Yes. Um, your carbs, proteins, your fats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and you can do. There's loads of information that you can get yes. about this about when you should be, you know, you want your carbs immediately after mm. your training session with your protein a little bit after that. Yes. Um, all these things. Yeah. And balancing it and having it right oh. makes a huge oh, difference. Massive difference. To your training and also to your recovery. Yeah. And once you've got that and you've spoken to a professional if that helps, mm. you can then look at, okay, you know, plugging plugging the holes effectively yeah. with supplementation. Yeah. Because all your supplements, you know... <laughs> Think of it in a, in a similar, it's a dangerous statement, this, okay. but in a similar way to steroids, okay. you, know, you can still gain muscle without, without taking without steroids. Yeah. But if you take steroids, they will help you gain muscle. But if you don't train and you take steroids, yeah. you will not gain no, muscle. No, you're, you're going to go nowhere. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, like, um, it should all be, you know, additional to what you're already doing. Exactly. And I think you really need to... And just like the phrase, you can't out-train a bad diet. Yes, which is so true. Yeah. Um, and if you're not eating enough and you're training really hard yeah while you'll lose weight if that's your goal yeah. great but also you, you wonder why you're not recovering properly yeah it's not sustainable you'll be knackered yeah you need to eat a, quite a lot of food yeah you do if you're training yeah. hard oh. we eat huge amounts obscene amounts of food <laughs> it's depressing yeah and neither, neither of us I think are big no um, obviously I am trying to put weight on yeah so I eat hmm. an extra obscene amount of food <laughs> um, but with supplements so I think key ones that people use are protein powders. Yes, I think if you're going to take anything at all, yeah. take protein. I would agree. Depending, it does depend on your diet, yes. and if you have any, if you do have any deficiencies, though, you yes. need to fix those first. That, yeah, that is a big um, thing to sort of state. Yeah, yeah, and they should be fixed either through a diet, and if that yeah. doesn't work, maybe go to a medical professional get tested I, for I something. I would say possibly. go to a medical professional first because it's possible. Like for example, if you are low, you know, you're not getting enough iron in your diet. Yeah. It might not be that you're not eating enough red meat. Yes, it, <laughs> it could be dietary related or yeah. it could be health related. And yes. I think you don't want to mess around with your health. No. So anything that if you're not sure, I would see a doctor, talk to them about it. They may be able to recommend a really good supplement. Yeah. Or they may say, you know, actually the yeah. cause of this. You is might need some different. medication. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It might be a temporary fix. You know, sorry, temporary yeah. treatment. You might exactly, just need to take yeah. something for a course of like a month, and then it corrects you. Exactly. Um, but I think I think talking to your doctor and a nutritionist, if you can. Um, don't just try and take various things and see if they help. No. Um, which actually is something I'm quite guilty of. Yeah. Um, and I think there are some lifestyle factors that you will know affect whether or not you need a supplement. For example, we are more or less vegan. Yeah. Um, and we take, or I take, an iron supplement mm. and a vitamin B12 and omega-3. Yeah, um, I, the things that you're not really getting in your diet because of my eating. shift patterns. Yeah, I find that I, it helps for me to take those things. Yes, and you also take a vitamin D. I do. Yes, because when I'm on nights, night, yeah. if I run, if I do a successive quite a few random nights together, I <laughs> find that um, like I'm probably going to be vitamin B D deficient. Yes, it's important to say probably that we haven't been tested for this to clarify. No, no. But like when you feel pale and disgusting like, after and working a series of nights. Yeah. Like I find taking it, it might be, a, it might even be mental. It might be a bit of a placebo, but I find it can help. Yeah, I think so. Supplements that are supposed to directly help recovery, then there are some mm. that have scientific backing. Yeah, obviously, part of our podcast is we don't do any research, <laughs> no. so we're not going to be listing anything. Um, so one that I do know has some scientific evidence is the um, tart cherry. Yes. Um, so yeah. I actually have some of these that I take mm. after a long training session. Mm. I don't know that they help, to be yeah. honest. The problem is, obviously, the it's placebo know, effect exists. Yeah, and also, you know, you don't know... And you believe that it, that it works, so therefore it does kind of work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, you don't know how how bad your recovery would be without it. So it's, yeah. a, bit, it's a little bit hard to yes. compare, because yeah. obviously every session's recovery is slightly different. And you're either you know you're different from your last session yeah exactly like no one is exactly the same in each session because the body's changing all the time you know yeah you might have done something different in this session drunk to the... less water. yeah yeah exactly you know? yeah so therefore your body's completely different so it yeah. might respond in a different way yeah 
Um, so my thoughts are, as long as you're taking these within the guidance of the company and you have spoken to a medical yep. professional, if that's relevant, there's not really any harm mm. in taking some of these supplements that are supposed to help with recovery. I think it's really important to say as well, if you are doing something that is tested, yeah, make sure you take supplements that are... So in the UK, we have uh, informed you, you sport. You if you're drug testing. Yes. Yeah. So, be um, careful it is very easy to cross contaminate oh very easy uh, yeah in the UK we have what's called informed sport yeah which they basically they test batches of uh, different supplements mm-hmm. and they have a massive list of them on their website uh, things that have really useful banned substances or don't yeah. have banned substances and they have a list of supp- uh, supplements that you can take yeah of all different kinds again we're not going yeah. to if they may work or they don't you, yeah we're going to the data they have a massive list of supplements that you can take that are a legit, they, they will not fail the drug test. Yeah, well, and if they do, it's, it's because of yeah, contaminated. Yes, and it would go against the company, not on yeah, you. Yeah, not on you. Because yeah. the company does have, if they have an Informsport logo, yeah. that means they're, they're trusted. Yeah, you should be able to take that. Yeah. And be really careful with that, because it would be really, really awful to, yeah. you know, get banned or have a win or something thrown out because yes. you had cross-contaminated accidentally. Yeah, yeah that, um, oh, that would be awful. <laughs> yeah, which happens to people a yeah. lot. Um, so do be careful mm. um, for me I think supplements are a kind of a last resort mm. you know a lot of the time they're probably not doing you much harm no. if you're taking them carefully but I don't think they're doing you much good really yeah, either because in theory um, the average person say if you're uh, building muscle yeah. you're meant to get uh, within sort of 1.6 grams I think it is to 2 grams of protein a day Depending on how much muscle you're trying to put on. No, no, it's no. Per pound of body weight. Oh, per pound. That's what you didn't say. Sorry, I I, (laughs) I went on talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so so as I said, um, 1.6 grams put to 2 grams roughly um, per pound of body weight a day, which actually equates to quite a lot when you do the calculation. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that should be your sort of main focus depending on what you're trying to do. Because obviously, yeah. protein is essential in muscle I building think and repair. Enough carbs is also important, and also carbs because unless you're on a specific diet for a reason, yeah, it is it's your energy source exactly. You, and I think you're um, not going to be burning it if you are going to try one of these various different diets um, that play around with these kind of macro. Make sure you are tested talk throughout. To, talk and to a doctor. Yeah, like beforehand. Yeah. Make sure. Yeah. Make sure if you're going to do a thing. Make sure you. you if you can get tested by your doctor, yes, or make sure at least he agrees that you are able that to try you're, this. You're, you're healthy enough and in a situation yeah. to try that, because um, you don't want to make yourself sick. That would be no, good. yeah, yeah. You wouldn't want to try and lose weight using I don't know keto, yeah, and make yourself like sick in some way. My personal belief, I know some people have a lot of luck with mm-hmm. these diets, but my personal belief is that it's not sustainable. No, and that I you should be true. trying to hit the standard sort of balanced yeah. kind of a, a diet. Yeah. That, that scientists have found over you know yes. decades um, is the best mm. for humans. I, I think all these. If you're playing around with your macros, it will eventually come to bite you in the ass. Is my yes. personal opinion. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't have any evidence for saying that. That <laughs> is just my opinion. No. Well, I think um, playing around with your macros is obviously is quite a good like example of that. Is that bodybuilding? Yeah. So in that you will, um, you know, you'll get quite large. You're, what they call yeah. bulking up. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll be playing around with your macros, eating an excess of calories, etc. Yeah. And then when you come up to your event, you'll have gone through a cutting process or, you know, getting very lean, losing a lot of body fat, revealing the muscles um, and going on to your competition. And at that point, if you're really serious, you may be dehydrating. You might be playing around with your salt content in your Mm. food. And these things can be dangerous. Really dangerous. And if you don't know what you're doing, really dangerous. Yeah. You know, you have to be... You have, your health has to come first. important to remember with bodybuilding, as an example, yeah. uh, when they step on stage, they're actually at their worst. Oh, they're, they're not strong. No, no. <laughs> they're, de- you know, they're, they're, they're arguably at their weakest at that point. Yes. You know, they might look great, but they're arguably yeah. at their weakest. And it's worth remembering that different activities require different body types. Yes, yeah. Um, you know, so some a body type that is good for long distance running yeah. is not necessarily the same body type as you want for I don't know long distance swimming long distance swimming yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's just worth bearing in mind yeah. um, but shall we get back to the yeah. topic in hand so supplements for recovery my thoughts are try them safely if you mm-hmm. want to but I, I don't think they are 
I think a balanced diet is much more your yes. friend yeah. here. Do your research. Exactly. I think if you're going to take something, do your research, consult mm-hmm. professional. Yeah. And if it is something, you know, that might play around with your body. Yeah. Uh, make sure you consult a doctor or a healthcare oh, yeah. professional of some kind. Yeah, definitely. At least. Definitely. Yeah. Um, should we? Should we sort of like? Yeah. So, what are we thinking? So, so protein, just to sort of actually. Protein. List. Yeah. So protein powders. Yeah. Those kind of things. Yeah. I think are super key. Yeah. You get some that are supposed to be good for your joints, yeah. so I'm thinking glucosamine, mm. collagen, things like that. I will say from my part, uh, creatine is known to be fairly good for recovery. Yes. Uh, um, people usually take it to be fair to increase their strength. Yeah. But it can also have some benefits yes. for recovery. Yep. Which, um, BCAAs, yeah, yeah. Kerry, um, there's some adaptogens, so things like yeah. ashwagandha yes. are, are worth giving a go. I actually take that for my anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it's quite good for that, actually. I tell you yeah. what, if I'm taking ashwagandha, I do not care what's going on in the world, <laughs> um, which is a pleasant change. Um, yeah. um, but that is supposed to help yeah. a little with recovery, and mm. there's various adaptogens that yes. can help. Yeah. Um, things like magnesium helps yeah. with, can help with sleep I think sleep um, is probably why have we not put we sleep we didn't on really mention sleep I feel like oh, we're actually we're going to mention done sleep really badly. let's oh, talk wait. about sleep yeah um, okay yeah, I think sleep is your best friend sleep as much as you can it's the best way to recover sleep is the ultimate like recovery it's tool. your body's built in <laughs> recovery tool I speaking from doing shifts yeah I struggle to recover and regain my strength um after I've been working yeah, because well, I don't sleep very so well. So something that I think is quite key with this, actually, sorry, <laughs> which you can't do, is being in a consistent routine. Yes. Um, if you're going to bed at nine and getting up at six one day and then going to bed at midnight and getting up at nine the next day, your body's just going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what is going on? Like, you need to be getting, as an athlete, you need to be getting a lot yeah. of sleep mm-hmm. and consistent sleep. Yeah, yeah. If, if you are seriously competing... Yeah. Or even amateurly competing or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Sleep is your best friend. Yeah. Like you will Eight not ever like if you were performing well without a lot of sleep, oh you'll perform hundred well times better with, with good night's sleep. sleep. Yeah. Like, oh, it's, it's it's so good. There it's is definitely. research to suggest that sleep is actually performance enhancing. Oh, I completely so, agree yeah, with that. If yeah. I haven't slept, I am shite. Like it, it restores your hormone levels, it re- you know, it reduces stress hormones in the body yeah. and it allows you to heal. Like, that's the whole point yeah, yeah you, you don't heal properly unless you're asleep yeah absolutely it, it's you cannot really emphasize enough no, no. get loads of sleep eight hours a night naps if you can yeah N- naps I depending find on what you're doing but... like yeah naps are you know brilliant honestly yeah, give you a little boost i speaking from like previous experiences um when you we do lots of hard exercise yeah and then you just sleep just have you'd, have a, you'd have a nap for yeah. maybe an hour and then you go do some more really yeah. hard exercise. That's when your body is most prepped yeah. to to recover. Yeah. And when your your body's recovery processes kick in, yeah. like you are recovering in the day if you're just sat around yeah. lying, you know, at your desk or yeah. whatever, you are recovering, but sleeping is when you get the mm. And it means that you can be slightly like your sleep can be a bit more broken. Yes. Or it can be less if you're napping in the daytime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so I would say do what you need to do to make yourself sleep well. Yeah. So oh, if that's definitely. blackout curtains, yeah, if which... that's aromatherapy, if that's weighted blankets, yeah. you know, I have a one of those neck pillows, you know, yeah. shaped like pillows yeah. for my head, um, memory foam. Mm. Make your bed comfy, make it homey, make it warm, make it everything yeah. that is going to make you sleep because Perhaps. that's the best. If you have to listen you. to us talk to need to sleep. Yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> listen, listen to us, put you to sleep. <laughs> no, but seriously, I think yeah. you cannot emphasise enough no, it how is, important. It, as I said, it, yeah, you can ignore everything else on this list, oh, but yeah. sleep is, is your number one. Yeah, if you're not sleeping well, you're not training well. And, you know, we can't even, like, put down the health benefits of just sleep in general. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, it's been, like, you know, research to, like, help prevent some forms of cancer yeah if you're getting enough sleep like yeah oh. most mental health issues can be mm. fixed by better yes sleep yeah. or not fixed but improved yes um yeah it, it's oh. it's the good stuff yeah. i mean if you're not sleeping well what are you doing yeah. you know and, and also if you're training hard you should be sleeping. you will well. find and uh, speaking from some experience mm. that you do not progress quickly with, with your training yeah. yeah like yeah other people will be like doing better ahead than of you. you and you'll be thinking you know what am i doing yeah. wrong 
And it's not that you're training wrong no. or not training hard yeah. enough. It's that you're not recovering yeah. right and you're not getting your sleep. Yeah. Something that some people do, which personally I don't agree with, mm-hmm. I think you should get as much sleep as possible. Yeah. But that's just more my lifestyle. Yeah. Is some people train after they've been on night shifts. Yes. And I'm like, how can you do that? Because, <laughs> like, you know, you're at the worst possible position you you can yeah, be right your now. Your body's all over the show. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, we honestly can't, like, overstate. Sleep is so vital. Yeah. And I feel like I didn't put it on the list because it was one that to me is so... <laughs> you just don't think about it, do you? It's so fundamental that mm. it almost doesn't come up as no. a recovery technique because it's something that I'm so geared yeah. towards. Yeah. You know, and something that's so important to me, mm. particularly because I often get up and train in the mornings. Yes. Before work. Yeah. I mean, it's just... It's amazing. It's, it's yeah. the best thing ever. You need to be sleeping as much as you can. Yeah. It's All right. I think we, we've ran for just over an hour now. Have we? I think, yeah, I know. Yeah. There was a lot to talk about. <laughs> we've got things to do. Yeah. Okay. I think it's time to sort of wrap, wrap it up. Yeah. So wrap it up. Do All what right. works for you. So first and foremost, sleep. Yeah, absolutely. Second. Key. I would say rest days, rest periods. Rest days, rest periods. I know it sounds like we're saying trainless, mm. and frankly, we are trainless. <laughs> if you're not, if you're not improving, yeah. Train less, but train better. Yeah. Third, personal stretching. So I would say equal third are all the personal things that you can do. I'm just saying without so, buying something. So yeah, if you're broke, so stretching, yeah. foam rolling, yeah. massage guns, hot baths, yeah. compression clothing, all of that that you're doing on that daily yeah. basis, and that that's you know these things that are quite easy aren't yeah. that time consuming. They make a huge difference. Yeah. All right then, guys. I've been James. I've been Chloe. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.